Hi everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today I'm so excited to share an interview with my client who just completed the four-month program from Dating to Exclusive. This client in particular had been single for I think about 12 years. She mentions it in the interview and she talks about the mindset shifts that she made and how she changed into a person who was able to create and maintain an exclusive relationship. And she talks about how in the past she had many different reasons for thinking that it couldn't work and it wouldn't work and that she would often sabotage these connections that she was in. So she met somebody really awesome and they're now planning their future together. And I really wanted her to share with you how she did that and what that looked like for her. Before we get into the interview, it's the last week to join the coaching program. So I have a coaching program from dating to exclusive. It's a four month program where we meet weekly and we also have one-on-one sessions. So it's a small group and one-on-one calls. And there's also an online course and a curriculum that we work through together. So you'll also receive a workbook, a surprise package with some awesome dating and love-filled surprises in there. And we work together over the four months to implement this new way of dating that teaches you how to avoid situationships, casual relationships, and just in general dates that don't really lead anywhere. And instead, create an exclusive relationship that has room and potential to grow. So by next week, when the next podcast comes out, we will already be closed. We'll already be getting started. And if you want to join us this round and make a decision today that will give you a different result four months from now, then now would be the time to join. The link for that is in the show notes. You can also message me on Instagram. My name on Instagram is Amber Grubenman. Lastly, I have my free guide for you called Copy and Paste Text for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. It's the kind of guide you might want to print out and keep close to you (laughs) for reference. There are 10 different situations that I outlined there that can happen in the early stages of dating. And there's exactly what you need to know about that situation as well as the exact message that you can send somebody in that situation. So the link for that is in the bio of my Instagram page. My Instagram is Amber Grubenman. All right, let's get into today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Amber. I'm so excited for this. Yes. So let's start by, so we're going to explore how you went from dating to exclusive, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your dating history before you joined the program. So how long were you single and what was dating like during that time? Yeah. So um, I'm 33 years old and I was single for about 12 or 13 years before um, I got into the current relationship that I'm in. And in that time, you know, I did date very casually. I did want relationships, um, but I just kept running into the same types of guys, honestly. Um, Wasn't really getting the results I wanted. And so in that time frame, I really never had anything that panned out to like a serious relationship. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about 
what you thought the reasons for that was. So like, what did you think the reason was why you were not creating a relationship? Oh my gosh. Um, that was a very evolving, um, kind of concept I had. I had many different reasons or you could even say excuses. So at, you know, in my early to mid twenties, you know, I, I really did blame men. (laughs) I was very like, I had a very negative view of men and I had a lot of false beliefs about what men wanted or, you know, for example, you know, in medical school, a lot of like my male counterparts wouldn't really tend to date other female med students. So I was just, I would make all these beliefs like, oh, men only want a certain type of woman or they only want something casual. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of evolved into like, you know, the city. I remember my friends could even tell you this, like I had this like FOMO about other cities and I would always say, oh, well, like it's just not possible where I live. You know, when it comes to like finding love, it's, there's not enough men. And I live in a fairly big city. It's not like New York, but um, so I just, I made a lot of excuses and um, I started to really buy into those beliefs. Like they were just ingrained in me. And so I kept getting the same results because I was operating from that place. Yeah. So let's actually talk a little bit about the impact of beliefs. And um, as you said, your beliefs create your reality. So how did you kind of piece that together and how did that influence your dating going forward? I had a lot of um, fears of men, like, you know, men aren't safe or men will kind of flip a switch and become like, I don't know, mean or violent or something like to that effect. And that's just from dating kind of guys that were like very much Jekyll and Hyde. That's like the persona of guys that I did seem to attract in my 20s. And so I remember one day I wrote down this affirmation that was pretty much like the opposite of my fault, my initial belief. So I started journaling, like men are nurturing, men are kind, just journaling it. And at first it felt mindless. And then I started to really believe it. And that week I saw young men like around our age, like helping women, helping like the elderly people or like carrying babies. And it's just like, I became more attuned to see men as nurturing. Mm -hmm. So like, I just, it's just, yeah, really cool to kind of see those affirmations come to fruition. Yeah. And so one belief that we kind of pointed out in our first session mm-hmm. was you shared that you feel like you have an anxious attachment cell. And you told me that you, you thought that you need to heal your attachment cell before you're ever capable of having a relationship. Yeah. So what do you think about that now looking back? You know, I, I think it was a kind of an app. Uh, it was just an absolute thought that was, it's not realistic. You know, I think attachments, attachment theory is really interesting and it's, it's good to know about, but like this idea of having to like completely fix all the things before you can attract the partner, it's just never going to happen. It's not realistic. And I think it just adds to the anxiety of like, of just of dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then when you do feel anxious, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not (laughs) supposed to feel anxious. This means I can't have a relationship and I'm ruining things. So a big part of what we were working on too is normalizing it. And in the first session, I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, Yeah, you did say that. (laughs) I just thought it was so counter to what what you hear other 
you know, podcasters say is like, you have to get to secure attach, secure attachment style. Like mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people teach, but you're right. Like it's, you want to self-soothe and work on it, but you can't totally fix it. Yeah. And um, like whether or not you totally fix it or not in the future, that's a mystery. But in terms of like you being capable of having a loving, healthy, fulfilling relationship right now, that's not something you have to fix a hundred percent first. And I wanted to make sure that we weren't like, that you weren't using so much of your mental energy trying to fix an emotion. And so that kind of goes into not viewing emotions as problems. Yeah. Um, And like one of the things I shared with you was like, yeah, when I'm in a relationship, anxiety comes up Mm -hmm. and then I just deal with it a certain way. And it's not an issue. It doesn't damage the relationship. It doesn't damage me. It's just an emotion. Right. And um, we just need like better tools for handling those things when they come up. So tell me a little bit about the impact for you of normalizing your emotions and not creating a standard for yourself that you should never experience anxiety in relationships. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a really great question. So I'm just trying to think back on like the first couple of weeks to months of dating my current partner. Um, And I think just through your program, not only your podcast, but really like through the program, I have to say is where I really got the most benefit um, in learning to just like acknowledge the negative emotions and kind of let them, you know, like let them guide me. And I think that was really, um, impactful uh, practice. So I do remember, yeah, I I would feel like anxiety around texting, like that was a a really major source of anxiety for me, or just like communication in any way in the beginning, because I, I would associate like space between texts with like disinterest or, you know, game playing. And so it would just set off this spiral of thoughts like, okay, well, then I need to you know, just the the game playing, like we've all done it. And it's, it's not like our most authentic self, but we do it because we feel like we have to. And so, yeah, I think um, I didn't really start communicating with my partner about the anxiety until we became like more exclusive and in a relationship. And this was actually like really mind blowing is that like, my partner also experiences the same emotions. And so like, now that we're about four and a half months into our relationship. I find that like talking through like our moments of anxiety and knowing that like, I'm not alone. Like he feels these periods of anxiety when like this happens, for example, it just feels a lot better. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like giving myself permission to feel the anxiety and compassion and not like chastising myself for feeling anxious is like, that's just therapeutic in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned too was allowing the anxiety to guide you. So Mm -hmm. that can, of course, be taken to an extreme as well, but actually using your anxiety to kind of like help you see what are the thoughts that are being triggered right now for me, or what, what is it about this connection that's making me really anxious? So for example, if it's like he didn't text back for 15 minutes, I can see I have a thought that says like he's losing interest and that's helpful to know. Mm-hmm. But if it's like he's super inconsistent and sometimes texting and sometimes not, and I feel very 
unsure about our connection, that's also useful information that we get from the anxiety. Yes, exactly. That's so, so true. Like our feelings are a compass. And I, I like that you do focus on like you, you brought something to my attention, like in the program that I never really knew about. And I don't want to give too much away, but in just in terms of like checking in with myself to see like, how, how am I feeling in the connection? And am I like getting a need met versus are my needs like not being met and using like, like you said, like our emotions to help, help us kind of unpack that and know if the connection is right for us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so also a big part of what goes with anxiety is game playing, right? So a big part of your, your specific texting anxiety was about game playing because you were like, I need to make him see me a certain way. I need him to think I'm like in demand or not available or um, like a commodity of some sort. So you were overthinking it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you, how did it impact you to kind of step out of game playing mode? And then what did that look like instead? Like, how do you text when you're not mm-hmm. playing games and overthinking everything? Yeah. The short answer to that is honestly texting from a place of like authenticity and like doing it when I'm truly available and texting like what I truly want to say without the filter of like, almost like kind of, you know, this is just like a a perspective shift. Like I treated the the connection that I'm in now, like in the beginning when I was having anxiety, I started to treat it more of like a friendship. I'm not saying I friends with my partner (laughs) because I was obviously like romantically interested, but like the way I texted with him was like how I would text with like a best girlfriend So when I text like a best girlfriend, I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, like, do I sound okay? Or is this too quick? Or like when I share like the emotions behind, you know, not just like, yeah, when I share like my inner world through text, which I did over time with this, with my partner, it just, I did it without any kind of like filter. Mm -hmm. And also I did it when I was truly like available to text. So if I was working, for example, like I remember the first couple of weeks we were chatting on the app. Um, we met on Hinge, um, but the first couple of weeks, like we were both texting like very long texts and they were very full of insight and information about ourselves. There would be some days where I wouldn't text him back for or message him back for two days and then same for him. And I remember like thinking, oh, okay, well, this is fine because I'm working and we just got into a groove and then over time, I saw like he was pretty consistent with his responses and so was I and it, the rest is history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about how that started to develop. So you guys lived in different cities. So there was a little bit more of the messaging before meeting. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so I'm going to skip the dating part, but sure. you were dating. <laughs> yeah. And then let's talk a little bit about the transition to being exclusive what was that like for you oh yeah that was it was so exciting so um about six or seven weeks into our connection we had had one zoom date which went really well Mm -hmm. and i believe we had one in-person date he like remembers the specifics better than i do but i want to say one zoom and one in-person date And we were on our second in-person date where he was visiting me 
And I had just felt really comfortable in the connection. I'm not saying I felt like he was the guy I wanted to marry or anything like that, or, you know, but I decided internally that he was a person that I wanted to dedicate my energy to. Mm -hmm. And I felt that it was reciprocal reciprocated from him, but I didn't want to make the assumption and never have the conversation. And so we were out on a date. We had gone, oh, we had a really great date. I don't remember, we were out and it was evening and we were, I was driving us back um, to where we were staying. And I just remember saying to him, hey, like, I'm just really enjoying this connection with you. I'm having a really great time. I don't, feel comfortable investing energy in other connections right now. Um, I'd really like to just focus on me and you. What are your thoughts? Mm. And I remember just like when I asked him that, it was almost, it was surreal. I felt like I was looking outside of myself, like looking at myself. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd be the person, the woman to, to ask that so like confidently without any sense of dread. Like in the past, like that conversation was just like blown up into this big, like, Oh my God, what's he going to say? I was very like indirect about it. I'd usually ask guys like, what are we doing? Like, where are we, you know, (laughs) what is this? Like, what, what should we call this? Like it was very disempowering. But this time I just felt like really good in my own skin. And I felt like no strings attached or like um, concern about his response because I knew like either way I'd be okay. Like, would I be disappointed if he said, you know, I want to date other people probably, but it didn't feel like this major, you know, make or break moment. So he responded really positively. Um, He was like just super open and was, he said, Oh my gosh, like I feel the same way. (laughs) I think he just said, yes. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was like, yes, like I feel the same way. And um, I re- he like brought this to my attention last weekend, but I completely forgot. I was so nervous. I think I said like, "Oh my gosh, like I love you," and then I meant to say, "I love this." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love you, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" It was very awkward, but he was super cute. And then yeah, it was just it was fun. It felt easy. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so great. And um, so that was a few months ago, and you kind of transitioned into a full relationship. Yeah. And one thing that I'm curious about too, is I think the two of you are a great example of how to handle vulnerable moments in a relationship. Like for example, anxiety that can come up or fears or insecurities. So how do you guys handle that when that comes up for either one of you? Oh my gosh. So yeah, I have started naming my anxiety I gave her a name (laughs) it's like it's something I learned on a YouTube channel like a therapy channel I guess there's a form of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy I'm not a therapist I have to you know preface this but if you name your anxiety or like your anxious thoughts it helps you detach from them so you don't identify with the anxiety you're not in it you're just like naming it so I name my anxiety Jolene (laughs) and Jolene is just like this scrappy little like woman who like will show up and sometimes give me thoughts like intrusive thoughts that are like oh he's out there he's probably cheating on you or like something crazy like really destructive thoughts that we all have but I told him about this like I was like yeah I gave my anxiety name he's like oh like I'll give mine a name like we'll call him like uh rusty and so like Mm -hmm. sometimes if we're both having like anxious thoughts like 
we just, it's a really funny kind of lighthearted way to say, oh yeah, like Jolene came back this weekend and, you know, I had X, Y, and Z thoughts. And it, it's like, I don't dismiss the thoughts, but I'm just like, I know that they're kind of like unfounded and it just helps diffuse the anxiety for both of us. And it helps our communication a lot because he's super open. Yeah. And I think I just also noticed between the two of you that there's no judgment like you okay. guys don't get upset with each other for having an emotion and there's Never. kind of this teamwork mindset of like, let's help each other through whatever is coming up for the other person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, you nailed it. It's so true. Like I didn't think, I didn't think guys like this existed. Um, and I always, yeah, I was always primed to have to like defend my emotions to a partner. Like You know, like we just, you get conditioned when you date like the certain type of guy who's like, or just, you know, partner who's not emotionally present or mature enough to communicate. And yeah. And with him, it was just like night and day because he is very growth, growth oriented. Like he has a growth mindset, which was one of the key factors in my attraction to him, you know in in the first place but like seeing his interest in like self-help and he reads a lot of the same books I've read and he loves your podcast and he like is listening to you know some of the books you recommended it's just it's night and day and he's that guy I wanted but he's also masculine I used to have a belief about okay if a man is in touch with his emotions he's must be ultra feminine right like I used to have these like very black and white thinking about men like yeah <laughs> that's so great and I love that he listens to the podcast I didn't know that <laughs> shout out to him hey <laughs> great so what is your relationship like now I mean outside of the vulnerable moments and tell me a little bit about your plans for the future oh my gosh it is the relationship is just like phenomenal I don't know how else to describe it like it's it's nurturing it's mutual like we uplift each other. We're interdependent. We're not codependent. You know, it's like this just incredible. It's like a really, really good friendship with someone who I'm also attracted to. Mm. And, you know, we've made it work. We've been long distance for four and a half months and he has been more consistent in building this relationship than men in my own city. Like hands down, like he's just, he's right there with me. And um, so we're actually, he's moving to my city this weekend. Like he's packing up his U-Haul this week and he's made the decision to relocate for our relationship. And it's just been incredible. Like his commitment to, to me and to us is, I feel so lucky. Like I do have to pinch myself. I used to, I never thought this was even possible. And um, so yeah, we're moving in together. It's a little fast, but we we're both a little bit older and we know, you know, we have the same goals for our future and we're quite compatible. So yeah, we're, we're looking to move in together and see how things go and hopefully we'll be together for a long time. So yeah, that's wonderful. That's so exciting. And I'm so happy for you too. Thank you. So what, if anything, would you have shared with your past self from just four months ago? Like when you started the program or when you were just about to start the program, what advice would you have for yourself or words of wisdom from this perspective? Oh my gosh. I would say 
I guess two things like the first advice I would have given myself would have been to really deconstruct those false beliefs that I held about myself and about men because like those beliefs kept me locked into this persona that I projected to all my friends right like when you get so used to being like the single girl who's like you know, commiserating about singledom and like Mm -hmm. you kind of make it this caricature and you kind of joke about it, but it becomes part of your inner concept. And that kept me single for a long time. So I would have, I would have told myself like deconstruct those beliefs, you know, whether it takes affirmations or just neutralizing those to make them neutral beliefs and then eventually positive beliefs. That's like the paramount step in getting the results you want with dating and relationships. And then the second part of the, um, I guess the second piece of advice I would have given myself was that, you know, these men, like phenomenal men are out there, but like, until you start to change your mindset, like it's so easy to miss them and also to sabotage the connection. Like, had I not like, and I, I 1000% believe this, like, had I not found your podcast and your program around the time that I met my partner, um, I know 100% I would have sabotaged it somehow. Mm. I would have, there was something I would have done. I know myself, (laughs) I'm me. (laughs) So I can say this, I would have, I don't know. I would have overthought something. I would have maybe become, I don't know, just something to, I would have done something to like ruin it before it could ruin me because I wasn't, Mm. I wouldn't have been ready. Yeah. Well, I am so glad you didn't do that. (laughs) Me too. Thank goodness. (laughs) Thank you. Seriously. And I'm both of those things are so great as well, especially what you just mentioned about the commiserating and like adopting that like miserable single girl attitude that then becomes a part of your identity. Oh my gosh. And really like paying attention to how we talk about ourselves and our life and dating and who we choose to spend time with and how we choose to connect with those people. Um, I think it's similar to like women, for example, who always body bash together. Um, And that like starts to have an impact. Like you start to become much more hyper aware of your looks and that kind of thing versus just having a rule to not do that when you're together. So I think that's a really important piece for so many people listening as well. Absolutely. That's so, so true. Like, and we have to understand that, like, we don't have to stay in those personas. Like the person who I was at 23, you know, out at the bars meeting, like the, the casual boys who just wanted hookups, like I'm this 10 years later, like I'm 33, like it's okay for me to shed that skin. Like Mm. you have to give yourself permission to say, okay, like, I want my friends to know me as now like the girl who, you know, is, is serious about dating. And it's not just for other people. It's for yourself. Like I had to start really seeing myself as like a potential wife one day. Like when you do the inner work and you change your self-concept and you like everything around you, like the outside world really like conforms to your, like your inner world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on today. I think this was gold for everybody. And I'm so excited for the two of you and can't wait to hear what happens next. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Amber. I owe you a lot and I really appreciate all your mentorship and your help throughout the journey. And I know you can help so many more people. I hope people definitely get into the program because it is, it's, it's make or break really. 